Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the video game beat. We've been gone for a while. We took a break just because things get busy, things get crazy. And so kind of took a little bit of a break. Let me try to center myself because it's been a while. Here we go. And so we're back again for the month, for the week, actually, of May 31st to June 4th. And we're here. I kind of felt like, you know what? I need to bring this back because everything that's going on regarding E3 and new consoles and that kind of stuff, uh, we got to bring it back. We got we to gotta get back into talking uh, about things. So here we are. We're here. And so thank you for joining me again. If you're watching, I much appreciate it. If you're listening, thanks for listening. Remember, if you're on either one of those platforms, this is a podcast that will be both on audio podcasts and on YouTube. So you can watch or listen at your leisure. But without further ado, this is your weekly video game podcast where we cover all things video game news. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or corrections, you can let me know in the comments section or reach out to me on Twitter at Ambitious Casual. Utilize the timestamps. Utilize the timestamps provided to find the content you want. They're there for you. Now, without further ado, on to the show, guys. Again, thanks for joining me here on the video game beat. I might have some people come on here or there. I've told the guys to join me. The my co-hosts on XP podcast that they're always welcome to jump onto this podcast whenever they want to. So they might, you might see them. We don't know, but as of right now, it is a one man show. So here we go, guys, we're going into the week of news. Like I said earlier, I'm very excited. We have a lot going on, especially the fact that everything's ramping up for E3. So here we are guys. And excuse me. I know at the beginning of this entire recording, I've already fumbled a bit because it's been a while. I've been, so used to just saying XP podcast, XP podcast, doing the whole rigmarole for all that. So video game beat, here we are. Let's jump right in. Starting with the first story of the day, we got ourselves what's next for PlayStation Studios. What we got over here is a story by Sid Schumann over on the PlayStation blog. Guys, look, it's interesting whenever we get a news report here of this is Herman Hulse, the leader of playstation studios okay i don't know if you can hear there's a bunch of birds outside right now just singing their hearts out all right so hopefully that doesn't come through but sid schumann who is the 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 lead for playstation blog a blog owned by playstation interviewing herman holtz who is the lead of playstation studios so uh, you're coming right into this you got to be wary okay you got to be ready because of the fact it's almost like it's almost like a publishing uh uh, let's say mcdonald's owned a a, a food critique website and then the head writer for the food critique website went to go ask questions at mcdonald's well you're gonna get thrown softballs you're gonna everything's gonna be calculated everything's gonna be well written and perfect and because of the fact that it's your own people you know you're gonna you're gonna want to make sure everything is brought out the best but this is a very interesting article and a very interesting interview with herman holse and everything he has to say in regards to playstation studios so i kind of wrote down some of the tidbits of everything that went on i didn't write the whole thing it's very long so you guys can go check it out at the playstation blog but i got some of the bits that were very interesting so i'm going to read some of these interviews uh talking points and then we'll we'll break them down starting at the beginning playstation blog Are you able to give us a snapshot of the total number of titles that PlayStation Studios are currently developing for PS4 or PS5? This is what Herman has to say. Well, we have a lot going on right now. PlayStation Studios has more than 25 titles in development. 25. We kind of knew this before, um, but, you know, but let's continue the article. Almost half of these are new IP. 
The other half, they're titles that are set in franchises that PlayStation fans already know and love. So it's quite a lot. Quote, Ben Studio is working on a very exciting new IP that they're very passionate about. They're building on the deep open world systems that they developed by, with Days Gone. So I'm really happy for Ben Studio. Let's stop there. First off, Herman just drops the ball. Well, not drops the ball. We kind of knew this before with some previous uh, conversations that Herman has had before, but he kind of confirms it here again. PlayStation Studios has more than 25 titles in development. PlayStation Studios, okay? Let's make sure that we get that correct. When, this is not some deals that they made with third parties or anything like that. When you, you say PlayStation Studios, when you start up um, Returnal, when you start up Maz Morales, you get that PlayStation Studios logo at the very beginning, signifying the fact that that game is a special game. That game is an exclusive to PlayStation that was backed by PlayStation. It is a PlayStation Studios game usually used for first party studios now things are going to get a little muddy as we continue but we'll see as of right now they have 25 in total half of them are brand new brand new the other half are titles that we already know are franchises that we already know and with that you can kind of break down and have an idea as to what those can be i mean we have horizon forbidden west we have uh, god of war ragnarok we know that uh, Naughty Dog is working on a Uncharted remake. Uh, we know that Naughty Dog is actually... Well, let me take that back. Not Uncharted remake. They're making a Last of Us 1 remake. They're they are working on factions. And we know that Sony... You know, we can, can go on and on and try and break down who is working on what titles. If you kind of take the time to overview everything that we know in the moment. So, with this, it's kind of exciting. We don't know where they can be. New stuff is always cool. But who are the ones that are making the new stuff? That's the thing. So we'll see as time goes on. Hopefully we might hear something in the summer. But as of right now, I don't know. The conversation continues. PlayStation blog. How have the teams at PlayStation Studios been able to cope and adapt with these big challenges over the last year? Herman has this to say. Perhaps the biggest challenge has been when we, when we need specialist locations, often physical locations, primarily performance capture, audio work. We've come up with some really clever solutions to some of this. We built tiny recording studios in people's houses, but when you're doing performance capture for a lot of cinematics with multiple actors, that's not so simple to solve. So you've got a choice. You can do it later in the schedule, which could have caused you problems, or you can risk the final quality by doing it in a different way. But I can tell you, we're not going to risk the quality. We want to ship extremely high quality games, finish games, and we have to do that obviously without pushing our teams to the breaking point. So we have currently two very big, very narrative-driven games in development, Horizon Forbidden West and the next God of War. And for both of those, they're frankly affected by access to performance capture and talent. For Horizon, we think we're on track to release this holiday season, but that isn't quite certain yet. And we're working as hard as we can to confirm that so to you as soon as we can. And for God of War, the project started a little later. So we've made the decision to push that game out to next year to ensure that Santa Monica Studio can deliver the amazing God of War game that we all want to play. With these things, something's gotta give. It cannot be the quality of our titles and it surely won't be the health or the well-being of our amazing team. Okay, Herman goes over everything on how production is going regarding their top hitters top hitters being god of war and horizon right now those are the only big games that we know that are first like first party exclusive hits they were all announced both of them were announced last year as a matter of fact we didn't even see anything for god of war it was just a stinger so with that there's a couple things 
We know that he's mainly talking about how COVID has completely affected the studios when it comes to them recording uh, mocap, audio, that kind of stuff. They come up with some solutions, but they couldn't fix everything, which I totally get. But my big thing is this. We get a couple confirmations. One, they're trying to hit Horizon Forbidden West this year. Is it going to happen? I'm, I, I, if I had to be honest with you guys, I'm seeing this kind of going in the direction of 2022. I say first quarter 2022. I can't see this game coming out this year, unfortunately. And with that, that means the only first party exclusive to the PS5 game that's coming out this year is Ratchet and Clank. That's crazy. That's truly crazy. Returnal is a second party exclusive, so it's not it's it's not the same thing. We continue though by them by Herman saying that God of War has to be pushed. They unfortunately everything had to get pushed to ensure that they could deliver an amazing game, but this is all affected in regards to mocap, audio, that kind of stuff. My big thing is y'all knew this when y'all when y'all announced this last year with just an image. I will say ninety percent of fans and people within the industry all assumed that that game was not going to come out this year. There's no way. There's just absolutely no way it was going to. How can it? You only show us an image. You don't even show us some gameplay. You don't even show us a CG cinematic trailer. We hear nothing about it. COVID was going on at that time. It's not like it was just, it just so happened that COVID happened after you announced God of War. No, we were still in the thick of it at the moment. So they knew. It's just the fact that you got to get that information out, put on it a 2021 release. It is a release, but it said God of War and then 2021. What else are we supposed to think? A lot of people made the decision to get a PS5 for Horizon. A lot of them made a decision to get a PS5 for God of War. And I, I don't know if I have this story on here. Yes, I do. Even Gran Turismo 7 is also not going to be coming out this year. It's unbelievable. It's really crazy. But And they showed all three of those out. And I don't think any of those are going to come out this year. That's my thing. Let me know in the comments what y'all think. Continuing to the last portion of this, um, PlayStation blog says, how does PS4 factor into PlayStation Studios development vision? Is it still a focus internally for future game development? Before I read what Herman has to say, let's not forget. The big talking point regarding PlayStation 5 was that PlayStation was really pushing, we believe in generations. We believe in the fact that we have to progress to get to the next best thing. The reason why they had that as their messaging was because of the fact that it, look, it, it was the fact that Xbox was coming out with a different kind of messaging with them, believing that they can support majority of consoles by just gradually allowing for the consoles to build things up differently, but they can all read the same. You can play a game on Xbox One, but it will, through the software of Xbox Series X, Push the game up too much greater fidelity, greater performance, blah, 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 blah. They are pushing the idea of it's not about generations, it's about an ecosystem. But PlayStation wanted to push the agenda of we are about generations. We are about next gen. We are about PS5. Here we go. Full throttle. Let's go. PlayStation blog asked the question, how does PS4 factor into PlayStation Studios development vision? Is this still a focus internally for future game development? Is what Herman has to say. It very much is. You can't build a community of over 110 million PS4 owners and then just walk away from it, right? 
I think that'd be bad news for fans of PS4, and frankly, not very good business. Where it makes sense to develop a title for both PS4 and PS5, for Horizon Forbidden West, the next God of War, Gran Turismo 7, we'll continue looking at that. And if PS4 owners want to play that game, then they can. If they want to go on and play the PS5 version, that game will be there for them. That being said, it's also very important to have showpieces for PS5, hence the development of Returnal and Ratchet that are exclusive to PS5. Returnal, second party exclusive, Ratchet, first party exclusive. The crazy thing about all this is that we got confirmed here. These games are PS4 games that are being up or taking a little bit of an advantage of the PS5. When you look and the next story is about uh, Horizon Forbidden West, PS4 and PS5 differences, uh, interview by Game Informer, article by Matt Perslow and IGN. Um, and we kind of break down a couple of things here in regards to what they said. They say directly, the director of Horizon Forbidden West says that the game was both being play, te play tested and development has taken place on the PlayStation 4, which means that the games are being made for the PS4 so that way they're optimized and are able to run perfectly on these last gen on these last gen hardware and then kind of getting a boost in certain areas for the PS5. In regards to business, this all makes sense. This all makes sense. Look, you have 110 million PS4s out there. You're not going to just walk away from that. I get that. But why at the very beginning of the entire generation are you going to be walking around trying to act like generations matter? Because you're now kind of walking that back by saying this. And on top of all this, what kind of makes this a little bit of a low, like it sucks because now God of War, I can tell you right now, is going to be coming out late 2022. There's no way it's coming out at the beginning. So that means we're going to be two years within the life cycle of the PS5, meaning that we're going to be playing a game two years into the life cycle of the PS5 that is a PS4 game that is being up res, upgraded, updated for the PS5. That doesn't make any sense. It is, it, it, it's just kind of the thing that, what's the point of having a PS5 then? If someone were to ask me right now, should I get a PS5? I will say no. And here's the reason why. All of the games that are pay, PlayStation exclusive, other than Ratchet and Clank, that's the only game other than Ratchet and Clank. You got your Miles Morales, Horizon Forbidden West, your God of War Ragnarok, your Gran Turismo 7. All those games can be played on the PS4 and they are being developed and also being made for the PS5. I can't, I can't justify the purchase of a PS5 when you can play these games on your PS4. The only reason why you're playing a PS5 now is just for the reason of Demon Souls, Returnal and Ratchet and Clank. Are those three the games that people are really going to be wanting to buy a PS5 for? Not really. I can see the reasoning for Demon Souls, kind of. And I can see the reasoning for Ratchet and Clank, kind of. But majority of people are going to want to be playing the heavy hitters. The Forbidden West, the God of War, the Gran Turismo. Like, these are the reasons why people are playing, wanting these consoles. So, it, look... I can't, I can't fault them. This is obviously business moves. Herman honestly is talking a lot to the investors in what he's saying. He's trying to talk them up. He's trying to bring out big words. He's trying to big out big numbers. 110 million PS4 owners don't walk away from it. Bad business moves. Like he's really trying to talk up the fact that he's wanting to let the investors know that this is why the reason why we're doing this and trying to make them look good. It's there's so much about this, and I know a lot of people are gonna act like they know. We don't really know. I'm not there. When Herman's trying to make all these deals, I'm not there when him 
and Jim Ryan are trying to figure things out for the PlayStation. We're not there. It just sucks whenever you start off and get everyone excited. We believe in generations. We believe in next gen. We believe in, you know, the new thing. And then I, we're all here excited waiting for next gen titles and we're not going to get them, which means at this moment, other than Ratchet and Clank, we do not have any PlayStation 5 exclusive first party games announced. So once Ratchet and Clank comes out, we have no PS5 exclusive games announced from first party developers, which is kind of weird. Because that means that in a year, or almost, we're not even a year yet. We're, we're probably like three quarters of a year into the PS5. It's strange, man. It's really strange. And I'm really wondering if this summer, PlayStation is going to have anything to say. Are they going to show anything? Do they have anything up their sleeves? We know they're working with a bunch of developers. We know that they are inquiring second party relationships. We know that they're paying money to Square Enix to get exclusives for things such as Final Fantasy, we know that they're doing all these kinds of things. But as of right now, as a PS5 owner, there's really no point in even having this machine. If I, if, if I was only presented with Demon's Souls, Returnal, and Ratchet and & Clank for the reason to buy a PS5, I wouldn't buy a PS5. I legit bought a PS5 because I thought we're going to get Forbidden West. I thought we we're going to get God of War. And I thought we we're going to get Gran Turismo 7. Honestly, within this year... And they're going to be PS5 exclusives. That's not the case. There's no problem with delaying games. Delay God of War Ragnarok as long as you want. Please make the game perfect. I get that. Gran Turismo 7, it's a racing game. Honestly, it's all about fidelity. So is that game really going to be affected with it being a PS4 game? It's probably going to look horrible on the PS4. And then up fidelity for the PS5. It might be not that much of a difference, but... You know, I really want to know what y'all think. Let me know in the comments or tweet at me an ambitious casual. Going on to the next story, I kind of touched on it a little bit. Horizon Forbidden West, PS4 and PS5 differences. This was a uh, interview that was done by Game Informer, but I got the article by Matt Perzel on IGN who kind of breaks down a little bit of the heavier points. And this is what Matt has to say. As revealed by game director Mathis Dejon in an interview with Game Informer, development on Horizon Forbidden West has used the PS4 console and so it's designed Wait, let me say that again. Development on the for, development on Horizon Forbidden West has used the PS4 console, and so it's designed with that hardware in mind. Quote, a lot of the development has taken place on the PlayStation 4, and a lot of playtesting has been done on PlayStation 4, said Dijon. Quote, we are here, so we are ensuring that owners of that console have a great experience and that and that and the game will look fantastic on that console, end quote. Here's a couple bit of details. PS5 can add a lot more detail. The underwater scenes are better with rendering and wave techniques being utilized. Uh, cinematic grade lighting can be used at all times on the PS4 while only on cutscenes on PS4. Let me say that again. Cinematic grade lighting can be used at all times on PS5 while only on cutscenes on PS4. And the PS5 version supports a 60 frames per second performance mode. No details yet on what sacrifices will be made to achieve 60 FPS. I think, and I kind of touched this a little bit, you know, a couple minutes ago, the fact that the game is being play tested, it's being developed on the PlayStation 4 means that guys, we're getting a PS4 game that's kind of being given a PS5 patch to kind of be uprezzed a bit. That's it. That's what Horizon Forbidden West is. I, I don't want to hear no ifs, ands, buts about it. That, that's what it is. The game is a PS4 game that is being given 
a cross-gen updated boost for the PS5. That's what it is. It's a little, it's a little sad. I'm not gonna lie. But if you haven't seen the recent video of the, it was like 12 minutes of gameplay. The game looks amazing. Not gonna lie, it looks phenomenal. I don't know if that gameplay is running off of PS5, which I have to assume it is because it looked amazing. There's no way the PS4 can run that. Oh my god, the PS4 will be blowing smoke. But I don't know. We'll see. Underwater scenes are better with rendering and wave techniques being utilized. Cool. I mean, cinematic grade lighting. Cool. I just really wonder what this game's gonna look like on the PS4. There's no way. There's no way this game's gonna look good on the PS4. I'm sorry. It's it, how is it gonna look this good? It's unbelievable. I don't know how they're gonna do it. And I don't even know if it's gonna even have the ability to achieve 30 FPS. It might be like uh, unstable 30 FPS because of how dense everything looked in that game. But we'll see. Uh, some more PlayStation news reveals that seven VR games have been announced. I'm going to go through them real quick. This comes from Kristen Zantani from the PlayStation blog. They write this. This is all about the games. So to manage expectations, there will be no next-gen VR-related news. But in the meantime, stay tuned right here to learn more about some of the amazing PSVR games launching soon. She didn't sing. I did. All right. Here's some of the games that they announced. Sniper Elite VR. Y'all, if you don't know what Sniper Elite is, come on. It's a sniper game. VR seems like a pretty cool double. Uh, you know, put them both together. VR and sniper release sounds great. Uh, we got Wanderer. Wanderer is an action adventure set in an alternate timeline, one where nature has taken over and everything you know about our real world has been flipped on its head. Is it within your control to change back the course of the history, or are some things just inevitable? We got Fract, which is action adventure FPS shooter that's not on rails. We have After the Fall from the creators behind Arizona Sunshine. After the Fall is an immersive thrill ride with fast-paced four-player co-op action in the 1980s-inspired post-apocalyptic Los Angeles. We also have Winds and Leaves, a floor builder in a world full of secrets. We have Puzzle Bobble, Puzzle Bobble 3D, Vacation Odyssey, Jesus. Bursting with the same vibrant design, adorable creature characters, and timeless puzzle-solving gameplay as the original, Puzzle Bobble 3D Vacation Odyssey is the next evolution of the classic Japanese action puzzle game franchise so many of us grew up playing. For the first time in Puzzle Bobble history, pu Bubble Puzzle... Oh my god, these game These words! Bubble puzzles now take three-dimensional form to create new brain-teasing challenges which will test the most diehard veterans and newcomers to the franchise like and lastly we have arashi castle of sin exact vengeance against merciless bandits with our, your loyal wolf companion and an arsenal of feudal weaponry in a stealth action sandbox game go check those guys go check them out over on the playstation blog look interesting arashi kind of looks like a vr ghost of tsushima i'm probably i mean for all we know when it comes out it's probably not gonna be anything like it but it kind of looks like it and also puzzle bubble 3d I don't know why I'm not dying, but something's going on in my throat, guys. Puzzle Bubble 3D actually looks pretty good. It, it, it looks very interesting. I love Puzzle Bubble when I was a kid playing it on the PS1. Seeing this 3D ability to it, I'm interested. I want to check it out. And I think you can play this without VR as well. So I probably will be checking it out without VR. All right, moving on. We got Pixel Opus and Sony Pictures Animation team up for a new game. This comes from Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. He writes, the Sony Interactive Entertainment Studio behind Entwined and the recent Concrete Genie is currently seeking to hire graphics and engine programmers to work on its latest project, which is being made with Unreal Engine 5. That's very interesting. I'm kind of pausing on the story real quick. Unreal Engine 5. Epic. We've seen a lot of uh, team up going on between Sony, Unreal, 
that kind of stuff. Uh, continuing with the final quote, this position will contribute to our development process as we tackle exciting innovation and creative opportunities through a collaboration with Sony Pictures Animation. What's very interesting about this is that last part. This position will contribute to our development process as we tackle exciting innovation and creative opportunities through a collaboration with Sony Pictures Animation. Sony Pictures Animation. They're the ones who made Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. They recently just came out with the movie on Netflix, um, Mitchell's versus the Machine. They are a great animation studio, honestly, to a point where I think they're getting close to where they can actually rival something like Pixar. Call me crazy. I want to hear you call me crazy in the comments. But they do great work. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is one of the best animated films of all time. One of my favorite films of all time. And the style that they have, the ability and the talent that they have put into a video game, dude, I'm sold, man. I'm so sold. And, and, and the thing with uh, Pixel Lopez is that when they made a game, when they made Concrete Genie, it was very much so had like this Pixar kind of feel. So put those two together. I feel like we there's magic in a bottle right here. And I can't wait to see what they have up their sleeve. Moving on, guys, we got our new RTX 3080 Ti and RTX 3070 Ti have been announced. Hurry up, because one of them is already probably sold out. So this comes from Tom Warren over at The Verge. NVIDIA is unveiling its latest flagship gaming GPU today. The GeForce RTX 3080 Ti and the, the RT... Wait, what did, what did I do here? The GeForce RTX 3080 Ti will succeed the RTX 3080 and promises to deliver 1.5 times more performance over the previous generation RTX 2080 Ti. NVIDIA is making the RTX 3080 Ti available worldwide on June 3rd. I am recording on June 4th, so you are already late, and you do not have the ability to get this. Priced from $1199. That's $1,199. Come on, guys, don't get crazy. NVIDIA is also launching a second GPU next week, the RTX 3070 Ti. That will be $599, and will be available on June 10th. This video should be releasing on June 5th on Saturday. So you have some time, get ready, prepare. It is designed to offer 1.5 times more performance over the previous RTX 2070 Super. Both new RTX cards will support all of Nvidia's ray tracing, DLSS, and reflex technologies. On top of that, and this is probably pretty important, Nvidia is also including its cryptocurrency nerf, much like new RTX 3080 and RTX 3070 cards. Nvidia offers a separate cryptocurrency mining processor for ethereum miners instead these cards include the best performance for mining and efficiency but they're not designed to handle games and they're talking about the ones that are specifically for that what you're seeing about this is i you can see that they're kind of trying to when they come out one you got to deal with scalpers that's your first hitch two you got to deal with the people who are trying to mine things like ethereum dude so anyone who wants to just game on a pc bro you got to go tackle two armies man so they're kind of trying to knock out one of them by trying to add this nerf that goes within these cards that doesn't allow them to really utilize them at their best potential for cryptocurrency. So that's good. It kind of gives you a bit more of a chance to probably get your hands on one. I don't know. I feel like you could probably do something to unlock that. I don't know. I, I'm not a tech guy. I'm not on do this kind of stuff. So who? what do I know? But anyways, let me know in the comments. Are you getting one of these? Because they are slim. You can't find these things anywhere. They're very hard to find. I'm surprised that they're announcing new ones and not really trying to come out with more of the ones that they've already announced. It's kind of weird. But either way, that's that. Continuing on, uh, Nintendo E3 2021 on 
June 15th. This comes straight from Nintendo of America's Twitter. They write, tune in for Nintendo, hashtag Nintendo Direct with roughly 40 minutes of info focused exclusively on hashtag Nintendo Switch software, mostly releasing in 2021, followed by around three hours of gameplay in Nintendo Treehouse Live at E3 2021. The thing is this, guys. Look, I got to be honest with you. I got to be honest with you. Are we going to see the Nintendo Switch Pro at this event? There was rumors going around that the Nintendo Switch Pro was supposed to actually be announced the day that I'm recording around this time to get ahead of all the other developers. So that way, when developers are showcasing the games that they're making, they're able to show the fact that they're making games for the Nintendo Switch Pro. Now, we do have some time before the 15th, so there's a chance that it can still happen. But if that doesn't happen, are they releasing it? Are they announcing it? Not releasing it. Are they announcing it on the 15th? I'm very excited. I'm very, very excited. I honestly believe it's probably much better to release it or announce. Man, why do I keep saying release? It's not releasing this in the summer. <coughs> it's releasing in the fall. But again, they haven't said that. I'm just saying that. But don't call, don't call me on, guys. It has to be announced before the rest of the developers. I feel like Nintendo really utilized this entire moment to their advantage. What they can easily do is really, really capture E3. You got a bunch of third-party developers that have conferences going on. If they're making games for this console, if you announce the console beforehand, and then boom, 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 every third-party developer talks about it in their conference, every headline is going to be talking about it. The fact that not only is it going to say, oh, the game's being made for PS5 and Xbox Series X, I think the big thing is everyone's going to make a point of it's also being made for the Nintendo Switch Pro. And that's the sticky point. So unless they don't get ahead of this, I feel like they're leaving a lot behind on the table if they do not announce this new console ahead of time. They need to do this soon, whether that be not over the summer, I mean, over the weekend. But I'm telling you right now, guys, what we got the 5th, the 6th, the 7th. On June the 7th, which is a Monday, if they do not announce it, I don't know. It might be only happening on the 15th, but we'll see. I, I could be wrong. Moving on, uh, Nintendo Gallery announced for 2024. This comes straight from Nintendo Company's Nintendo of Japan website. This is what they have to say. Excuse me, because there's a lot of Japanese words in here, and I want to try my best to not botch them, okay? Here we go. Nintendo Company, HQ. Minamiku Kyoto, representative director and president Shutaro Furukawa, is pleased to announce that its Nintendo Uji Ogura plant, Oguracho Uji City Kyoto, and the land surrounding the building will be used as a new gallery to showcase the many products Nintendo has launched over its history. Nintendo has been discussing the possibility of building a gallery as a way to share Nintendo's product development, history, and philosophy with the public. To this end, the Nintendo Uji Agora plant will be renovated to accommodate the gallery. The decision reached after taking consideration of the city of Uji's plan of redeveloping the nearby Agora Station area. The Nintendo Uji Agora plant was built in 1969, has been used to manufacture both playing cards and Hanafuda cards, and it also operated as a customer service center for product repairs. Discussion of how to use the Uji Ogura plant began after these functions were transferred to the current Uji plant in November 2016. The facility, tentatively named Nintendo Gallery, where Nintendo's historical products will be showcased and exhibits and experiences will be available, is expected to be completed within our 2023 fiscal year, which ends in March 2024. 
We're three months away. I'm three months. We're three years away from a Nintendo Gallery. That's pretty rad, man. My dream is to go to Japan. My dream is to go check out the Studio Ghibli Museum. And I'm going to go check out Nintendo World. Is that what they're calling it? Nintendo World? Nintendo Land? I want to check all that out. And the fact that Nintendo's giving me another reason to go to Japan to go check out a gallery of all their art and history and all that kind of stuff, sign me up. Now we got to be patient and wait because this is not going to happen until 2024. So take your time, sit down, relax. It'll come. Be patient. Next story of the day, we got Injustice 2 Mobile Dev apologizes for being, quote, tone deaf. This comes from Wesley Yinpool at Eurogamer. This is what he writes. This is a strange story, dude. The developer of Injustice 2 Mobile has apologized for a Pride event that challenged players to beat up a queer woman. The mobile version of NetherRealm's fighting game was accused of being, quote, tone deaf after an in-game challenge designed to celebrate Pride Month, tasked players with defeating canonically bisexual character Poison Ivy hundreds of thousands of times. Quote, real-life violence against the LGBTQIA community and women within the community in particular is all too common and we should actively engage in efforts to end LGBTQIA violence, not normalize it. We apologize to the greater community, but especially LGBTQIA plus members. We are committed to listening and doing better. I don't understand how this happened. How does this happen? I really, I really have no idea how this happened, guys. We got the guys, the developers of Injustice 2, and they're gathering around a table, and they're like, yo, Prime Month, what we got to do? All right, this is what we got to do. We got all of our players to beat up Poison Ivy. She is a bisexual woman. Have them beat her up as many times as possible. They can win tokens, dude. They can win some tokens. They win some prizes. Great idea, Jeff. Let's go, man. And they ship it like that. Who's who, who, how many? How who who okayed this? Who who okayed this? It's almost like in Street Fighter. If it's like single de mile, and Street Fighter is like, all right, guys, for single de mile, all you guys gotta beat up. <laughs> don't verga okay you guys gotta beat a verga for the for the whole week of single the mom beat him up you guys will get some rewards because he's mexican it doesn't make any sense it really doesn't make any sense the, the, this is tone deaf is one way to put it dude i'm surprised that they got away with this i understand they're trying to figure some sort of way to do the connection between the two injustice is only a fighting game so what do you do i mean i would say put some skins in the game maybe a shirt something but like this is not this this is so funny it's just it's funny because of the fact that i just don't know who came up with the idea and who okayed the idea it's 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 really out there moving on oh again another story about wesley employee you're a gamer valorant is coming to mobile he writes riot has announced valorant mobile the mobile version of the currently pc only free-to-play competitive first-person shooter which now has more than 14 million players each month is in the works but Riot did not say when it will come out or reveal any images or gameplay. Riot said it's working on expanding the franchise, starting with Valorant Mobile, quote, in order to bring Valorant to more players around the world. What's interesting about this is that Valorant is very competitive. We got your... It completely slipped my mind, guys. What is that other game? Uh Oh, it was at the tip of my tongue. CSGO. We have CSGO. Um, Riot is known for a lot, a lot of competitive games. Valorant was obviously supposed to be another one of those. And so my thing is, how do you make this game that much of a competitive shooter on mobile? I'm not sure if it would be taken that seriously, but 
we'll see. I just, when it comes to mobile games, I just can't really picture them being competitive in any kind of way. Just because one, the controls are a little wonky. I don't know if you're able to use, and you can let me know in the comments if you know. I don't know if in competitive circles, if you're playing a mobile game, if you're allowed to use your a controller on your mobile device to play the game. Doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose? I feel like you have to use the touch control. So how do you competitively play a game like Valorant? I could be wrong, but it's kind of strange. But hey, I've I've wanted to play Valorant on PC. I don't have a PC that can actually run that, but because I'm working off of 2015 uh, MacBook. But I'll check this out on mobile. We'll see if it's good. I mean, I have the, the Razer Kishi that's a controller, so maybe I can hook that up and it'll work the same. We'll see. Moving on, Yuji Naka departs Square Enix. This is a sad story, guys. Yuji Naka is an industry veteran. Oh, first off, this comes from Danielle Partis from GamesIndustry.biz. Industry veteran and co-creator of Sonic the Hedgehog, Yuji Naka looks to have left Square Enix following the release of Balan Wonderworld. According to updates on his personal LinkedIn and Facebook pages, Naka wrapped up his tenure as a senior manager at the company on April 30th. Naka led development on the adventure title Balan Wonderworld, which lent which launched back in March. The game was received poorly by the press, amassing a Metacritic score of just 36%. That is really bad. 36% as a Metacritic score is not good at all. This game has kind of been cursed to an extent. I know they came out with the demo, if I'm not mistaken. And everything around this game has just been like, it's clunky. It's not really good. And I think the greater thing about this is the fact that it's from the co-creator of Sonic the Hedgehog. You have a name, you have a reputation. And knowing that he was making a new IP... Everyone was probably excited. And to be someone like him that you kind of made a flop, I don't know how you didn't know, though, to be quite honest. I don't know. I just don't know how you can make a game like this and not know. I haven't played it personally. I've seen gameplay of it. I've heard a lot of people talk about it. It just doesn't scream quality. Uh, so we'll see. Did he step down himself? Did Square Enix give him the boot? I don't know. We might know soon. But... You know, it, it it's one of those things where it's almost as if Fidel Kojima came out and made a game and then it just was an absolute flop. Absolute flop. And I don't want to hear in the comments that Stranding was a flop. It wasn't a flop. But, and then from there, he just leaves the industry because, that, like, you can't do it anymore. That's sad. It's really sad. So we'll see if he has anything else that he has up his sleeve. Well, who knows if someone's going to pick him up and try to make something else. Who knows if it was like Square Enix just didn't give him. I don't know. I just, we don't, we don't know. But I'm, I hope we get to know what actually happened in regards to the process of making Battle in Wonderworld. Because it is a mystery how that game got greenlit and how that game actually released. I'm surprised. Two more stories, guys. Two more stories. Playdate update. Finally. This comes from Playdate's Twitter. Playdate are known for the new handheld device that is being made that utilizes a crank on the side it has two buttons it's a very interesting concept go check it out i'm a big fan of these guys i'm a big fan of the play date itself it looks very interesting something very different and it's their own take on a handheld device it's kind of like a iteration on the game boy to an extent but with the crank wheel on the side you might be thinking well how does what how does that work you check out the videos you'll see this is what they have to say in regards to their update. The Playdate's, Playdate's final price is $179. We've doubled the internal storage to 4 gigabytes. 
and we've doubled the number of season one games. No joke. 24 games come free with your play game. That's crazy because at the beginning, it was like they said, it was only 12 games, but I guess ever since the announcement of the console, I'm sh- it seems as if they got a lot of interest from developers that were wanting to make something for this. And keyword here is season one. If I'm not mistaken, the way they want to utilize this platform is that they come out with seasons of games. So that way season one's done. Okay, season two comes out and it's a list of games coming out that you can play on your play date. Really cool. Really excited. The release date will also be announced soon. They don't have a date yet. And they also said that they're going to give a little bit of a heads up when it comes to actually pre-ordering the console itself, the handheld itself. So I'm very excited. Very excited for play date. I, I don't know if I'm going to get my hands on one of these, but I really wish and hope I do. Lastly, can't believe I'm actually making this a story, but here we are. Chicken Nuggets sells for $100,000. This comes from Tom Ivan over at Video Games Chronicle. Here we are, guys. Chicken Nuggets selling for $100,000. A McDonald's chicken nugget shaped like a crewmate from Among Us has been auctioned for almost $100,000. The piece of chicken fetched $99,997, about 70 euro on eBay when the auction closed on Friday morning following 184 bids. According to the seller, the, quote, used nugget came from the BTS combo meal. Quote, item will be frozen and then air sealed to ensure freshness with secure shipping method. Quote, the, end quote, the eBay listing said. Look, I just don't, I don't, look, here we are. My mic's up to my mouth right now, guys. You're probably hearing me a lot more clear because I got, I got something to say, okay? If this is all that it takes to get $100,000, you best believe that I am going to go to almost every single McDonald's in my entire city, ask them, show me your freezer, let me look at all them nuggies, and let me pick out the one that looks like something pop culture related, because $100,000 for a chicken nugget? It's unbelievable. <laughs> Who has that money? This world is weird, dude. We're, we live in the world of NFTs and cryptocurrency and nuggets that are costing a hundred thousand dollars as a matter of fact i just read a story today that a guy sold an invisible statue you heard me right an invisible statue you look there's nothing there an invisible statue for thousands of dollars this world you know i don't want to end this podcast on a low note guys but this world's kind of going down the more that we look at it i just don't know i just don't understand i just don't understand i don't know how we're gonna i don't know how we're gonna move from here where are we going to go from here? That's a line from a Matt Carney song, if you don't know what Matt Carney is. Anyways, guys, thanks for joining me here on the Video Game Beat. My name is Rob, and uh, comment down below. Anything. Anything that you want. You can say hi. You can say bye. What did you eat at McDonald's last time you went? I'd like to know. Let me know what your thoughts on any of these stories. I'd like to have a conversation with you guys. If you're listening on podcast services, hit me up on Twitter, at Ambitious Casual, or my personal Twitter account, at RobMichaelAC is where I'm at, where you can see all my thoughts going on in regards to video game news. And if you're watching this video, please subscribe. If you're listening, please follow the podcast. Share this with your friends, guys. Come on, let's grow the podcast. On top of all that, the XP podcast also is a bi-weekly video game podcast that I host with my two other co-hosts, Austin and Adam, where we casually just talk about video games. So check that out as well. Go follow those podcast channels as well. Until next time, guys, my name is Rob. This is the Ambitious Casual channel, and you just listen to the video game. Peace out.